The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to On the Bench. I am Josh Newberg. I have Brendan Sinone and Chris Nee of Knowles 24-7 here with me. Uh, we're going to start this podcast by sending our condolences to the Bowden family. Bobby Bowden, Florida State's legendary football coach, passed away Sunday morning. Uh, coach was 91 years old. Bowden passed just before 5 a.m. He was surrounded by his wife, Anne, and all six of their children. Uh, Brendan, it's been a tough day for all of us. Uh, you've been out at practice and, and around the team, but just what are your thoughts today? It is it is a tough day, and even though we all knew this was, was coming, um, whether you're an FSU grad, a Tallahassee resident, you know, the, the legacy that Bobby Bowden leaves this world with is pretty profound and uh, on multiple levels, like what he was as a coach, the wins on the field. Uh, Odell Hagan spoke today. I know Chris will get into this, but like about how, what Bobby did off the field as a father figure uh, for so many, uh, so many players, uh, and even like I'm driving right down here through Gaines Street. I mean, what he did for the city of, of Tallahassee and the you know, Florida State University to build build it up and, and put it on the map. Um, so, so, so significant what he means to so many people around this program and around this city. And, and you know, Josh, like the last few days, I, I've been thinking about you know, what Bobby Bowden has meant to me personally. And I think the thing I kept coming back to and, and thinking about him as, as father and sons um, for him. Like that was obviously a big part of his life. He had his family around him a ton, four sons, three of them were coaches uh, sons in the sense of like his players were often his sons. And many of them looked at him as a father figure. And then even like for me and my own dad, like one thing that we had with bonding was, was football and, I fell in love with football by watching Florida State and Bobby Bowden's teams and uh, work done, Peter Warwick, you know, in the, in the 90s. And, and, and so just the memory of like, you know, all that stuff is fleeting at some point in our lives, you know, we're going to have loss and, and that's difficult, but uh, to, to really kind of take inventory of the people who've helped you get to the point where you are. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's been uh, a tough day, but also kind of one to, to kind of reflect on, on good times too. Yeah. Chris, there's been an outpouring of support for for Coach Bowden and the FSU program in general coming in from all over. But um, you had a chance to speak to Coach Norvell today and hear from some of the other coaches. How are they handling it? And uh, what did Coach Norvell have to say after practice? Well, we spoke to Coach Norvell. We also spoke to Coach Dugans and Coach Hagans. Obviously, both of those guys 
played for Coach Bowden, were recruited by Coach Bowden. Coach Higgins worked alongside him for a lengthy period of time. Coach Dugans also worked alongside him for a brief period of time. So the ties run deep for those two men, and it was abundantly clear the impact that Bobby Bowden had on the human beings they became, the way they coach, the way they go about their business, the way they conduct their lives as fathers, as sons, as just human beings. But I, I, you know, of all the comments today, I thought Ron Dugan's talking about Coach Bowden and what he meant for Leon County and Tallahassee and Florida State. It really is stuck with me after he said, he said it united both sides of the tracks. And that was the thing about Coach Bowden. Football's an interesting thing. It's got a weird dynamic where you got to rely on the guys beside you. There's 85 of you together on scholarship, 120 players total. And you're only as good as the guy that you go into the trench with, that you are the foxhole buddy with. And Bobby Bowden united a lot of people from a lot of different places and made them better people and great football players. But well beyond football, his impact was great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Coach Dugans, Coach Higgins, they all spoke about how Bowden was direct on his faith. You know, Bobby Bowden was faith, family, football. Those three things are in that order were the most important things in that man's life. The amount of human beings he led the right way in faith to at least be better human beings, better fathers, turn out to be better people long-term in their life. Uh, that's a lasting impact. That's what matters about Bobby Bowden. The wins are great. What he did for football with taking a stadium and making it twice as big, putting bricks around it and turning it into a national powerhouse, all fantastically awesome things. But Bowden's going to re- be remembered by everybody he touched that was a player, even a person that just knew him for being a better person probably because of him. And I think that's what you saw, the outpouring of support of former players, people that were part of this program, what that man meant to him as a father figure and all that, it was it was unbelievable. It was astronomical. And then Mike Norvell, who's been fantastic in speaking on Coach Bowden here in recent weeks as we learned of the terminal situation and obviously his death now, mm-hmm. he again hit on some great things about a four-minute comment to the media today. And you know, he opened up about how Coach Bowden set a certain standard at this program. He wants this program to live up to. Everything they do is going to be to honor that man, and not solely in the sense of because he has ties to the program, but he is the program. He is the reason for the program. He is the reason for everything we think about the program. And that was spoken on. And I thought it was very interesting. I asked him about the impact Bobby had on him as a coach before he ever knew FSU was going to be a place he worked. And he talked about that, about how he frames the way you go about this job, how you handle young men. I think it was Irish O'Fellow at Warchan asked about observing the first time that Bobby Dugans and Higgins were together in the time that Norvell was here and watching that interaction. And that choked Mike up a great deal. He struggled to really talk much more after that. But he essentially said, that's what it's all about. That's what life is about. And I thought that was a very touching tribute to obviously a guy who lived 91 great years and did a lot of great things on and off the field for a boatload of human beings. And there will be a memorial service at the Tucker Civic Center at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. And I believe that's open to the public, right, guys? Yes, I I posted on the site and you can find it. There's multiple arrangements where there's viewings, there's funeral services. Also, the families asked if you're going to make donations, make them to Fellowship of Christian uh, Athletes, FCA, which Coach Bowden was obviously hugely involved with. You can find all that information on the site. It's all there with times, whether or not it's public or not, all of that stuff. Yes. Okay. And uh, I agree. You know, today is a sad and somber day, but 
there is a lot to celebrate in Coach Bowden's life and his legacy. Um, and, you know, one of the things that he provided was this uh, football program for Florida State. So let's switch gears and talk about the practice. Um, we're going to do this actually every every day, every other day, something like that. The guys are on their way home. They're in the car. I'm at my house. We're recording the, the podcast now. And I think we're going to do this on the way to practices sometimes in the morning. Is that right, guys? Maybe. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. This is your baby. You take it where you want. Well, I just, I mean, I just really want to hear from, from you guys. And we're going to do this in a, in a quick, short format normally. Um, so let's just get right into it. The team was back at practice today. There's been a ton of coverage on Knowles 24-7 for the past 48 hours. Um, it's two sessions. There's an A and a B. The A is primarily the veterans or the guys that were here in the spring. And then the B is the guys that are just getting acclimated. That'll end in another day. Um, but overall, Brendan, give me your impressions of FSU's offense so far in camp. Yeah, so we're two days in. Uh, for clarity for the listeners, Josh, uh, the, the practices are split into two two sessions a day. There's the veteran group that has gone in the morning the last two days, and then newcomer, younger players uh, that go in the afternoon. So the early group is led at quarterback by McKenzie Milton and Jordan Travis. Those guys, as expected, are splitting reps. This is a quarterback battle. This is legitimately going to go, I think, well into the camp. Uh, and those guys go through two days. I know that's what everyone wants to know about how the quarterbacks look. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they've had their ups and their downs, and it's hard to judge because they're still not in full pads yet. Uh, that aspect of contact and receivers playing through contact and whatnot is, is not totally uh, available for us to see right now. Uh, but, you know, Jordan Travis, I think, has been the most consistent of the two. But McKenzie Milton has probably moved the offense the best in the two days of the 11 on 11. So, you know, there's good and bad to both of them and pros and cons to both of them still right now, but still really, really early. Milton moving around well. I know that's uh, what I want to know. Yeah, yes, he does. He looks fine. He's moving around quickly. I, I'm, at this point, I'm not really worried about his athleticism. I am curious to see, you know, what happens the first time. He gets mm -hmm. hit. That's something I asked him back at ACC kickoff. And he kind of said, that's football. You take your punches and you see, you know, what happens when, when that happens. Um, I think we're all kind of waiting and seeing, hold our breath when, when that does occur. But yeah, he's moving well. Uh, he certainly seems more comfortable in the offense. Again, with the 11 on 11s, he's protecting the ball pretty well and uh, distributes it well and, and, and does a nice job when things kind of break down of, of keeping the play alive and improvising. Um, at Running back, man, it's really hard to tell through two days because, again, they don't have pads on, so I won't spend much time there. Wide receiver, Keyshawn Helton's probably been the most consistent through two days of making a couple splash plays. Mm -hmm. He's someone that looks pretty good in the spring in terms of moving quicker, more confidently a year removed from that knee injury. I guess now two years removed from it almost. Uh, Malik McClain is working with the veterans, and, and he's doing well, so he's someone as a true freshman I think we'll probably see a good deal of. And then – Two other guys I'll mention will be uh, Pokey Wilson apparently had a really good offseason in terms of like the, the workouts, the summer workout program. And he's kind of carried that over. So he's been pretty consistent and makes a lot of tough catches. He's someone who will factor in this year. And then Andrew Parchment jumps up from working with the young guys on uh, on Saturday, the first day to work. Yeah, he's with been the veterans. making some big plays. He he is very bouncy, very quick, good deep speed, um, has some things to clean up as a when he runs his arms and Chris and I were observing it on the first day, his arms are kind of all over the place. Norvell was done to keep him inside. And, and I will say this Norvell and Dugans are going to coach him very, very hard. They know they don't have a ton mm. of time with Andrew Parchment. You know, he's coming from three different programs he's been at. So they want to kind of show him, this is how you're going to do it here at this program. 
Uh, I think that's probably one, one of the most uh, obvious things that we've seen the few, first few days, Josh, is Andrew Parchment's going to be a big part of this offense, but there's going to be a lot of coaching that goes into getting him ready uh, for, for that role. Okay. Uh, Chris, over to you on the defensive side of the ball. What's been going on? Uh, I think my biggest takeaway is it's amazing how many new faces there are on that side of the ball. I mean, there's a lot of new faces everywhere. This roster has really been flipped, but everywhere you look on defense, whether it's a really young defensive ends or a guy like Marcus Cushing or Jermaine Johnson coming in on the defensive line, uh, a guy like Josh Farmer on the middle is a young in that I've noticed a lot. Linebacker group, you got kind of some of those familiar faces, your Murray Gainers and such, but then you also have some newer guys. Defensive secondary, you got quite a mix of returning and new guys. So it's a lot of new pieces, and they're trying to figure out how they fit and how to use them, how to scheme them up, and how many DBs they have on the field at a given time, whether it's, you know, four, five, six, so on and so forth. So a lot of that going on. Uh, you know, I've liked uh, – Jamie Robinson's been a solid guy through two days. I've mm-hmm. liked some of the stuff he did. Also in special teams, he was one of the better ones working on gunners. Um, you know, defensive line, those young guys, there's varying degrees of expectations that I have for them in the brief time I've watched them. Byron Turner physically is probably prepared to contribute to some degree this year. Josh Farmer, that's already been documented, is prepared to contribute to some degree. Um, but then you got a guy like uh, uh, George, uh, George uh, Wilson. Wilson, thank you, who is insanely skinny. He's got a great frame, right. and it might come in time, but it's not going to be anytime soon, in my opinion. Patrick Payton kind of falls in between those two elements of what we're talking about of physically developing. So there's a lot of young pieces that I want to see. Can't take a whole lot away from what the D-line's doing because they're not in pads. It's not full go. And like that second session, the O-line is kind of, uh, it's a lot of third, 14 type guys, a lot of new guys. So there's not a whole lot of effectiveness from that O-line right now in that second grouping, the B group of the two days of camp or the two sessions of camp. So can't take a whole lot from what the D-line's doing. And then in the secondary, it's more so just seeing how they're going to use the pieces. You know, we've seen like McClellan, for example, has been at safety and he looked real good in the first day and he had an opportunity today to get a pick and he didn't come up with it. But a ball that he should have won and in most cases would win. Yesterday, we saw the defense have a few takeaways. Jermaine had one they considered a fumble return for six. Uh, I think McClellan had the other one, if I recall correctly today. I don't think we had a single takeaway. There were opportunities. Kevin Knowles had one I referenced. McClellan had one. So, yeah, it's two days. Uh, the second session of camp each day is very much an instructional more than anything because they're running at about half speed. The tempo of the first session is much better. I said to Sinone yesterday that I thought the flow of the first part of camp yesterday was by far the best part of camp I've seen in four years and definitely up in the in the sense of just flowing, going, knowing what you're trying to accomplish, knowing about how you're doing it. So that's kind of it. But, yeah, I'm not ready to make any grand ideas on the defense. The guys who we expect to be guys are definitely there. There's some young guys we're keeping an eye on. Shaheen Brown comes to mind, for example, at the uh, safety spot. He definitely has athleticism and ability that he's going to be able to use. So it's going to be interesting to watch. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to when those guys get in pads and yeah. get a little more serious about doing it. Yeah, and once they get in pads, um, we're going to talk every day more about these position battles. I don't want to give it too much weight right now. Um, especially since they're, they've been divided up. But before we get out of here, let's talk about some newcomers that have stood out and also maybe a, a, a freshman that has stood out. Brendan, you, you got anybody on your mind? All right, for freshmen, I think the guy who had the best day today, and he was really consistent 
uh, yesterday as well. He's not a newcomer because he was here in the spring, but Kevin Knowles at cornerback, uh, mostly a slot corner, but he'll be someone I think eventually they kind of cross-train and move around. He's just really consistent, and he holds his own in one-on-ones. He plays the ball well. Chris mentioned uh, he had a chance for at least one today, but he's always kind of in the right spot. A little undersized, but chippy, gritty. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of him, and you know, I don't think he didn't come in as the most heralded recruit. I think it was a three-star, but he's someone – and Norville said all the guys who showed up early in the preseason they, they, or in the spring, excuse me, they think they hit on. I think he's maybe the, the best example – of that. So, so he'd be a freshman who I think is, is really standing out. And if newcomer allows me to kind of expand it a little bit to maybe someone who just showed up. Uh, let's see. Chris mentioned Shaheen Brown. He looks like a million bucks. I don't want to steal his answer. Uh, Marcus cushioning. Although let's talk about the, the, the grad transfer from the mm-hmm. FCS level. You know, so he's been with the, the younger guys, the newcomers, the first two days, uh, but he's doing exactly what you want him to do when he goes one-on-one with these younger offensive tackles. He's dominating them. I think he's won every single rep he's had in one-on-ones. Today they get to team drills, and the very first play is a uh, a rip move for a sack. He isn't super, like, physically when you look at him. He's nothing super flashy, but he just gets the job done consistently, which is what he did at the FCS level. So uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him when they, they call him up, I guess, or they, they blend in the two practices and – and see if he could start competing, you know, for, for reps on the on the two deep, which I imagine he will pretty soon. Chris, to you, any anybody standing out early? Uh, so now the one Sinone mentioned, I definitely agree with Shaheen Brown is another one. There's a good buzz around him from talking to people. I'm going to throw a couple other names out there: Jackson West, and yes, I am a personal fan of his. It's his new he man crush. Like I could definitely help him at tight end. <laughs> he's physically capable of being some of the stuff they want him to be at the line of scrimmage, but he's also good working down the field and catching it. He just looks fluid in his motion. I like what he can do down there. Um, truthfully, one guy who flashed today to me was CJ Campbell, which is Sinone's man crush. Mm-hmm. CJ Campbell is an example of the PWO program here getting better, giving them guys that can be capable and helpful. And I certainly think he falls into that. I don't know that he gets a whole lot of reps because they got a pretty deep running back room. But he kind of speaks to the fact that they've le- they've raised the level of the floor of some of the guys they're expecting to help in the PWO sense. Um, you know, Malik jo- Josh will be writing the King of the Spring article about him in two years. <laughs> I guarantee it. No, no. The Hummer of the summer. Um, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Another guy is Malik McLean. We are we obviously talked a lot about him in the uh, spring. He's mm-hmm. kind of continuing. He's a guy that I think, along with Parchment, is going to get leaned on some to help him be better at wide receiver. Um, I am very interested to see Kushney when he moves up. Byron Turner is another one that I've enjoyed watching. You know, he looks like a freshman. There's things he's definitely learning, but physically he is prepared to potentially contribute from the word go. And I think that's pretty important that they get something out of a guy like him and Josh Farmer, who's already earned a lot of praise from the staff for what he's done since his arrival. Excellent. All right. So, Brendan, what does the football schedule look like moving forward over the next, like, four or five days? What how often are they out there? Okay, so on Monday, that'll be tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, for us right now. People listening Monday, it'll be the last day of two days. It'll be another start at 9 a.m. where they'll have, I assume, the veterans one more time. And then at around 12.45, 1 o'clock, actually maybe a little earlier, 12.30, 12.45, they will have the B group go. And then after that, they're blending them together for one just one whole practice. And those, almost all of them, Josh, are going to start at 9 a.m., but they'll be off on Tuesday. 
and then they'll have one on Wednesday. And then I don't know if I can say if they'll be practicing. It's not official, but they'll probably be right. practicing. Uh, the end of the week with days. Coach Bowden's memorial, things might change around. So I didn't want to yeah. just go to Friday. So, okay. So that's what the week looks like. We're going to try to record a couple of these in the morning on the way to practice a couple times. So uh, stay tuned. Anything else you guys want to say before we get out of here? Real quick, yeah. uh, we've talked. I, hey, my my platform. Real quick, I want to go over the injury news real quick because we just haven't talked about any yeah, of that in the last few days. Uh, so I'm just going to go down the line, Chris. If if I miss anyone, please fill in for me. But quarterback Chuba Purdy is back practicing. He says he's 100. Uh, we have that documented on Knowles 24/7. Uh, wide receiver, I think pretty much everyone's full go there. Uh, Tight end Jordan Wilson's back in the mix and practicing a ton. He's someone who's going to help him out a lot after missing last year with the Achilles. Uh, Devontae Love-Taylor is still limited. He had offseason sur- surgery at the end of last season that ended his season, made it offseason prematurely for him. They like where he's going, but but he's been limited. On the defensive line, Kier Thomas is back, and uh, they're kind of doing some, some moderation, like making sure he's okay, but – uh, they, they do like what they see out of him. I think they already know what they got with Gear Thomas, the defensive end. So uh, he's someone who I think will practice like on and off throughout uh, the summer. Defensive back, Renardo Green was back today. He wasn't full go. Same thing with Demory Tate. He was back yesterday. Uh, not full go, but but practicing a good deal. So moving in the right direction there. Uh, Jerry and Jones' potential starting cornerback is out for the first part of spring with a hand-wrist injury. Emmett Rice, everyone can take a – a pseudo uh, semi sigh of relief. He is out there. He is practicing. He has a knee brace on. He is still not a hundred percent, but he, but he is out there just limited. And Mike Norvell says he expects to see him at some point this season and help them out. Just didn't really say exactly when. So I think that's everyone off the top of my head. Yeah. Thomas Schrader still in rehab process from the injury suffered last season. Uh, Leonard, uh, Leonard, uh, Defensive Warner. man Leonard Warner, Warner, thank you. It's another guy that's also currently in a rehab process sideline. But I think that yeah, I think that covers about everybody. Wyatt Rector is limited right now. Yes. Um, there might be one or two more, but that, that's most of it, Josh. All right. All in all, pretty healthy team. They're in a pretty good spot. Um, it was kind of funny watching some of the Jordan Wilson, for example, guys who obviously super limited in the last 12 months went through a pretty hard day one and you could just tell that that body's still getting acclimated to be back. It's been pretty damn hot out there. Um, mm-hmm. Guys for providing all of the insight, all of the observations. If you want more, Knowles 24 seven has it updates, interviews, photos, everything from present season camp that you can need. Uh, we'll be back in a couple days. Thank you for listening to on the bench. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.